Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 42. In this episode, we have returning guest James Bennett. James Bennett has been in the animation industry for quite some time and has worked on some major, major cool films such as Godzilla, The Hobbit, Avatar, King Kong, Tintin. Um, also, animated features such as How to Train Your Dragon 2, Madagascar 3, and uh, many more. So we're really fortunate to have him back on on this podcast. And uh, one of the cool things that we're going to be discussing here is our new previs workshop. Uh, James has been teaching in our workshops for quite some time in our Creatures ones, but he'll be heading up this new workshop for pre-visualization. And so we're very excited to talk with him about that. He's worked on uh, How to Turn Your Dragon 2 in the previs department, as well as some major blockbusters while at Weta. And so I'm really looking forward to talking with him about this workshop and his thoughts. So let's get to it. Right, James. Uh, first of all, again, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's, we, we always appreciate getting your guys' time. Uh, you guys are right there in the thick uh, of the the industry here. And so it's always neat to get a perspective of where you're kind of at right now. And so as we were kind of talking about earlier here with the last podcast we did with you was back in 2014. So it's been a bit, uh, some great stuff there. If you're listening to the podcast now, we'll definitely have that one in the show notes. You don't want to miss that one. Some great insight there. But we've got a really cool workshop here coming up that you're going to be taking the lead on. It's our previs workshop here. And have you done obviously quite a bit of work within the previs, particularly on a big hit, uh, How to Train Your Dragons 2. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that and how you, maybe you got into that role for the previs? Sure, sure. Thanks, Larry, for having me. And by the way, you know, I, I really, really enjoy uh, teaching at iAnimate. You guys do a great job. So, you know, and, and these podcasts just add to that. So thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time as well. Awesome. No problem at all. Yeah, James, you've been a big part of our creature workshops. And if you've seen our recent student creature workshop show reel, uh, I think you'd be very impressed to, to see what our students have been put, pumping out here. So, so yeah, why don't you get into it a little bit, James? Sure. Well, the big thing for me is I've been an animator now for 16 years and 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 previs for me is is an extension on animation or or vice versa. Animation is an extension on previs. The exciting thing from where where I began was when I was at Weta, I was working on King Kong. So I worked on King Kong, Avatar, the Hobbit series. So number one and number two, plus uh, the Water Horse, the Day the Earth Stood Still, and a whole bunch of other films. Right. Mm-hmm. So tons of other films. But I was lucky because when I first started out in the industry, I started out as a storyboard artist Mm. and I started out in concept, but I always did animation as well. And when I went to Weta and they were starting up their previs department, they basically put out a a notice to everyone saying, who's interested in doing previs? And they actually approached me because I had... 2D background and I had storyboarding background, so I already understood, as most people do, the film filmic language, but I'd actually put it into practice beforehand. Because the difference between animation and previs, as it were, is, um, let me put it to you this way, animators are the lead guitarists. Everyone wants to be a lead guitarist, <laughs> okay? Uh, no one wants to play bass, and they definitely don't want to do drums, and they definitely don't want to be the roadie. Now, the thing is, the thing is, is with previs, you get to play all the instruments at the same time, and you get to do all of it. And the exciting thing about it is, as a previs artist, you are a real filmmaker. So you work alongside of the director. 
The advantage to, to being an animator is you get all your shots given to you and you have a very specific framework around which you are to, to produce work. Mm -hmm. And that is you know, two people fighting or you've got a dragon flying in and landing or whatever the, whatever it may be, right? In previs, rather than working on shots, you work on entire sequences. And that's the exciting thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I had the opportunity to go to previs at Weta, they had, they picked six seniors out of the out of the animation team and took them over to the previous department that they set up custom built mm. set up for uh, basically for the um, uh, for Tintin because it was all basically be driving Tintin and then we had two other shows that were happening at the same time so three teams and and I was leading one of the teams with, with someone else and and it was a and that was for Halo with um, uh, Neil Blomkamp. So that was a, a really, really big learning experience for me because I had a general understanding of pre-visualization concepts, but had never really done it. And then that was trial by fire. And the exciting thing was that when I was working with Neil, who is a, you know, he was very young at the time. You know, I think he was 26, and he was about to, you know, direct a massive feature film, which was to be Halo, with a 60 million dollar budget, which is just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But the guy is talented. I mean, he's super, super talented. He knows what he wants. He understands film. He understands story. And so he's really pushing us on that. And so we learned very quickly what was working and what wasn't. But the other thing with it is that Weta understood that they were taking people who were very good at what they could already do, which was animation, and then putting them into another area that in which they were not necessarily as experienced. Mm -hmm. But the... The advantage was that we had Christian Rivers to help us along the way. And Christian Rivers is, you know, um, the best, most amazing, most generous uh, supervisor you will ever meet ever in the, you know, in, in all the world. So, he is, I mean, I've worked on so many different projects and he is the, the, the standard by which I, I judge all other supervisors. Mm. Um, and let me just say that few actually meet that standard. Christian I jump in front of a bus for that guy. He is amazing. <laughs> uh, seriously, seriously. Well, real quick, uh, let's diverge a little bit. What was it about him that uh, that you would that you give him that credit here? Just, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, we're we're talking to people within the industry here um, that maybe get sure. into positions there, or just maybe working with other people here. You know, obviously, it's always nice to um, mimic good quality character. So, what was it about him that you felt like, man, this guy? <laughs> I jump in front of a bus for him. Well, Christian, Christian Rivers, the, the most amazing thing about him is that he is amazingly talented. Okay, So he's uber talented. Uh, he's did a lot of storyboarding for, for Lord of the Rings. He's been Peter Jackson's right-hand man for you know, 15, 20 years. So the guy knows his stuff. But he doesn't lord it over you. He doesn't, he doesn't tell you how smart he is. He doesn't tell you how good he is. What he does is he works alongside of you. And the, and the best part about it is... When you're working with Christian, he comes to you and he says, this is what we need to do. And I'm using you and I'm using your talent to get where I need to go. Mm. So you help me get there and we'll both get there together. Mm. And that attitude unto itself, because I've known Christian for, for years. And I went back and did a quick gig for, for Weta uh, last year and, you know, caught up with ribs again. And he comes in and, you know, and hugs and high fives and all the rest. But. What he says is, even when he goes to, to look at my stuff and he goes, oh, can I, can I 
quickly make a change? And you're like, sure. Is that okay with you? And he checks with you first and you sit down and, and you're like, yeah, cool, dude, we can do this together. And so you do it together. And there are other supervisors who will tell you what they want and how they want it. And, and you better get it done. Right. And you don't want to work with those people uh-huh. because there's nothing worse than working with someone who has something in their own head and, and they're expecting you to reach in there and grab it. And Christian is there to say, I'm everyone is heading. Everyone is. Okay, we're storming this hill. So we're attacking this hill and we're all attacking it together. Just so long as we're all heading in the same direction, we're good. Now, what we want to do is it's over there. Let's go that way. And he points everyone north. Mm. And then basically what he does, is he makes sure that everyone stays within certain parameters. But anything in between, you can then determine. Other supervisors are like, you can do it however you want. So long as it's exactly like this. <laughs> and you go, yeah, terrific. I got it, got it. Yeah. Sounds like if I could sum it up, he treats you like an artist. He's a good team player, but is also a leader. He exactly. And that's and, and that's exactly it. Okay. Perfect. That he is a fantastic leader. Okay. Yes. Very cool. Treats you like an artist. He knows that you've got a skill set and input and is willing to pull that out of you. I, I had a I had lunch with him and I remember asking him, going, out of curiosity, you know, what's your you know, your leadership style? It's it's very particular and it's very, very laid back. But I think it's very effective. Um, you know, why is you know, how'd you how did you arrive there? Mm-hmm. And his response to me was quite enlightening and it was I can't animate like you guys, right? I mean I can't animate like you guys. And the other thing is I'm not supposed to animate like you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surrounded by the world's best animators. So who am I to tell them how to animate? What I want to do is I want to make sure that everyone's on, on story. Uh-huh. That everyone's on task with the characters. That's what I can do. Mm. I can't animate. That's what he said. Gotcha. And there are other supervisors who can animate or they can do whatever they're asking you to do. And they expect you to do it the way they would do it. Mm. And they're the worst kind. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. That was quite a divergence. Yeah, I, but that's what the podcasts are for, to get you know right. things here. But you did mention again about the story, and this is kind of where I'm hearing you talk about this, where I'm on the uh, iAnimate Previs workshop page, and yep. in the uh, workshop breakdown, week one, it's introduction to Previs, the importance of story. And so again, yes. that's that seems to be the key of that Previs, because as you mentioned here, that's the, um, uh, that's the bridge, I guess I should say, of pre-production and production and that's that that key is that story there exactly exactly and and it always comes down to story because all of your shots so your sequence and, and generally in previous you work on an entire sequence or or good chunks of a sequence and that will be that will consist of multiple shots and each shot is is a cut okay basically mm-hmm. so the importance of story or understanding story right. or narrative is you have pacing and timing and and can you tell the story from the beginning? What's the middle and then what's the payoff? Do you understand the story language? Which is important because mm. who's your main character? What's their motivation? And that then informs you. And this is the same for animation. That then informs you on how they move, when they move, what speed at which they move, what their, what their attitude is, and then what the attitude is for all the other characters around them. It will inform you on the lighting, on the, on the composition, on everything around it, because the story is what drives the actual cinema, what drives the, 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 um, uh, the, the 
the choreography or 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 drive the composition of whatever it is that you're doing. So understanding that before you get into any kind of technicalities is exceedingly important. Mm -hmm. So, and I say this when I'm teaching my class, okay, in animation, you're about to make me sit down and watch 15 seconds or something or 20 seconds or an hour and a half or something. Mm -hmm. Why does anyone care? Mm -hmm. What's the point of the story? Right, right. Always comes back to that. That's hitting it at the very beginning, week one here, the importance of story. But this is the, this is the, beginning here this is before any production here so you have to get that nailed down you have to understand it as you were talking about as a, as a uh, previs artist exactly because as i was going to as i was saying beforehand when you're when you're the animator you're the you know you're the lead guitarist when you're the the previs artist you're everyone in but you know everyone in the background who basically writes the song and puts it together and 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 stages it all so the performers can go off and do it mm-hmm. and that's and that's the thing with with previs is you you'll be doing a little bit of lighting you'll be doing modeling you'll be doing a little bit of setup you'll be doing editing you'll be doing a lot of camera work mm. and you'll also be in chore- choreography and you'll be doing and you'll also be animating <laughs> so it's not you know i mean it's a big big task yeah yeah and and that's why generalists are, are really attracted to previs. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand story, all you're doing is you, you know, you're moving objects around, and all you're doing is you're setting up lights, but you're not actually creating a mood. You're not actually telling the tale of the characters and and and, and imbuing them with emotion. Mm-hmm. Because the most important thing about previs is, when someone watches it, they should go, got it, right. I understand what's happening, here. Mm-hmm. and they should. And the question should always be, um, how are we going to do that, or what comes next, right? They're good questions to get. So, what comes next, or what happened beforehand, or all right, that's interesting. So, how are we going to do that? They're the questions you want when you do when you do previous successfully. What you don't want to hear is, I'm sorry, what's happening there? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that bit. Who's that character again? And when that happens, you've failed. <laughs> not, you've not told the story. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm got a team that I'm working with right now, and we're building an animated storybook app for the iPad. I'm heading up a lot of this, the production side of it, or as a producer. Um, but we went from storyboard to now trying to jump into some of the animation because we're on a time thing, and we skipped some of this previous stuff. And I can't, I know, I know. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much now we're having to go back to and start interjecting some of this stuff, thinking that, hey, we were going to, we were saving time. Um, But how much now I'm realizing how important it is because not only from a a story standpoint, but now to hand off these shots to animators because I, I needed, I understand now, okay, now what's missing here or what we need to do next. And all of uh, it, it can become very disjointed without that. That's a very key yeah. uh, roadmap, basically. And I'm realizing mm-hmm. that now. Yeah. The, the, and, and the like week one is basically looking at storyboards. Okay. So it's looking at storyboards and looking at movies. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple of different sequences from a couple of different films mm-hmm. and we're going to break them down and say, why is this shot here? Why have they done that? Do you understand what this means to the mm-hmm. characters? And what's the actual arc of this particular sequence? And so that's the first part, to actually break it down as to those people who do it well. 
And then what we're going to do is I'm going to go through some of the storyboards that, that we're, we're getting made up right now. And it's going to be, you're going to have to build your sequence from these storyboards because most good productions start with storyboards. And if you don't have storyboards, then you can grab a pen, grab a paper, you know, piece of paper and do some thumbnails and do a storyboard yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, as there is so much to do in this class and it's only 11 weeks, normally what I would do is I'd get the, the class to actually come up with their own story. But I want, to, I want to circumvent this because you'll spend three or four weeks trying to get that story worked up. And I just don't want to get, I, we want to skip over that. Right, right. The other thing is, is actually being able to read storyboards because mm-hmm. that's another skill you need as a storyboard artist to go hit the boards. I mean, I've been on, I think, nine productions now, and that's including Madagascar 3, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Penguins of Madagascar, um, Avatar, um, The Water Horse, uh, Halo, you know, and a whole bunch of other ones in between. Mm-hmm. So I did some did some previous work on on Iron Man two, mm. blah 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 blah. So you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, I've done a bunch of this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, it, and and it doesn't change whether or not you're doing animation, or whether or not you're doing a commercial, or whether or not you're doing live action film. The principles are always the same. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to explain here, and that and that you will get storyboards because a director has already worked with a storyboard artist for the actual idea. So what you then have to do is you have to transpose those storyboards into a moving board, as yep. it were. Yeah. And the structure that I have and the structure that I've done is the first stage is let's have a look at the storyboards and then let's just build it. So looking at the elements that you've got, what do you need? And then it always comes down to planning because as you were just explaining beforehand, yes, yes. All right, if you don't plan it out well at the beginning and you rush ahead – later on it's going to come back and bite you on the ass in the big time right yeah yeah and our mistake was thinking that we had enough information with the storyboards that we can run into jump into animation but that's a big leap from storyboards that have zero timing to them into now a cg 3d world that's not only going to have timing with it but cameras and depth and uh uh, character staging and all and all of these things here. Um, and the other thing, as as I was learning, leading the project was going, okay, yeah, I understand what's in my head and what should kind of take place, but the animators that I'm handing this off to, they don't. So I can take my shot and run with it, but they don't know what's in my head. And that's yeah. where a lot of these uh, previs that's got the timing, it's got the camera work and all the things of that nature start coming into play when you're handing some of these shots off. And that's what I figured out here real quickly. Exactly. And, and, and it's funny that and good previs, and I've, I've been part of some really, really fantastic teams, and, and I've got to say the, the team at, at Weta were great. I mean, they were, they were really good, but, and I think I said this in the last podcast, they were, they were a, a team of all-stars where everyone at Weta, you know, there's a, there's a reason why it's, it's the best company, VFX company in the world, right? Um, and arguably, you can say ILM, but it swaps constantly between ILM and, and, mm-hmm. and Weta, right? I mean, they're number one and number two, yeah. respectively. And the previous department there, everyone was, I mean, they're all doing really well. The best team, though, with which I've ever worked has been the, the DreamWorks team, mm. where as a team of individuals, not as great as, a, as an actual team, was so strong and absolutely rocking it. And 
what they did was, or, or what they ended up doing was um, previews at such a high level that towards the end there, all of the departments when we were showing, all of the departments would be there. So you'd have lighting would be there. So head of department of lighting would be there. The animation supervisor would be there. Um, CFX would be there and, and, um, and cloth sim and, 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 and everyone would be there to see the storyboard, to see the, the previs, to mm. go, right, that's fantastic. Okay. You mean we only need to do this little bit? Ah, that's great over there. Oh, <laughs> okay. We can do a lot with that. And, and you know, because it was informing and it wasn't just blocking it through a scene. Right, right. It was full pacing, full timing, because when you fake it in previs, all the other departments have to pick it up. Mm -hmm. All the other departments have to make, make up for your mistakes. So, as you just said beforehand, when you jump from one thing, which is storyboards, into production and you don't have that timing, yeah. now you have to work out all the timing on the fly with a much bigger team. Yeah, yeah. That yep. costs you energy, that costs you time, that costs you money. Yeah, yeah. And when you're, that's that's what I said I was learning. When you're leading this team here and to try to get everybody on page, and then, you know, you're talking about someone like DreamWorks who's got hundreds of artists, you have to nail these th things down to get everybody on board. So that's kind of obviously talking about the value of the course and why we wanted to introduce something along these lines. So you mentioned within, uh, particularly at DreamWorks, you were hitting much more than just the camera uh, work as well and the animation. Were you hitting much of the lighting and things of that nature as well? Yeah. The the team there, well, the team with whom with whom I worked uh, most closely was was led by a guy, um, Kent Secchi. Kent Secchi, Nolmeyer, and, and Conan Lowe. And those guys, had, you know, Conan came from um, Futurama. Um, Co um Noel Meyer had been at DreamWorks for a very long time, and and Kent Secchi came from the the third floor, and uh, I think it was called Pixel Liberation Front. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that's now long, no longer with us. So he'd worked on a bunch of other things, and he's a strong cup of coffee, let me tell you. But <laughs> okay, he, he and I and I know he won't mind me saying this. <laughs> But a super knowledgeable guy and someone who really, really pushes you and, and you know, really understood cameras. And I thought I, I knew cameras pretty well because I'd, I'd worked with Peter Jackson um, in, a, in, a, in a small team that did, some, um, that did some bespoke projects specifically for Peter Jackson. So uh -huh. we were one-on-one -on -one with him for about a year and a half. But I learned so much more when I was at the, at the DreamWorks department because those guys really nailed it and walked, worked it through, worked it through, worked it through. Because, as you said, the, the animators would be taking and the rest of the departments would be taking their lead directly from what you did in previous. Yeah, yeah. So you had to nail it, mm -hmm. absolutely nail it. And, um, you know, so you do, when someone's walking through a scene, you don't just chest piece them through, mm -hmm. like drag them along the ground. You set it up so they can actually walk. Because if you walk too slowly or you walk too yep. quickly, you know the animator suddenly like, well, he's supposed to do a casual walk, but now he's walking at a, you know, at a jog. Mm -hmm. What? Are, and so now we're adding in frames. That's right. Yep. The editing. Now we're in trouble. Yep. Um, and and I remember looking at some of the previews for some of the Star Wars, the earlier Star Wars films, and watching them fight above the lava, and you've got. Obi-Wan and what's-his-face, Anakin, and they're fighting across these big pivots that have fallen down or whatever, right, across the lava. Uh -huh. And they're moving across screen, and Usain Bolt, 
on his best day, could not move that quickly <laughs> across the screen. And these two idiots are fighting. And I'm like, well, how are you supposed... That, that makes no sense to you yep, because yep. now you, you're setting everyone else up for a fall. Right. Yeah. So, previs, get it right. And then, yeah, when you're doing lighting, lighting that, that informs mood. Right. Right. Uh, make sure that you're getting the silhouettes right. And then that, in, that informs composition. All right, so now the composition is working well. Now the editing suddenly works well. Mm-hmm. And then when the animators get it, they're like, that's fantastic. I've got a really strong base. Right. Now let's make this better. That's right. Yeah, plus it now. Yeah. Yep, and now we can plus <clears throat> it. And there's something, to me, fun about the camera too because I think that's one of those things that, like you're talking about story here, there is so much, if you watch good film, there is so much that's happening in storytelling with just the camera. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And so uh, I could see from that vantage point being in previs where you're getting that that aspect of the storytelling uh, that you don't that you wouldn't necessarily get as an animator because the camera's already locked and thing uh, locked there. So I could see that being a, a fun part of the previs process of getting to actually work with the camera setting up uh, that part of the storytelling there. Yeah, and and there were bits in when I was on Madagascar 3 when I first arrived at, at Dreamworks they were very much along the lines of oh, they'd done one project, they'd done two projects beforehand and a really good friend of mine from um, Weta was at DreamWorks before that, a guy by the name of Mike Leonard. And Mike Leonard is, you know, he's a superstar. He's, he's one of those guys that is, um, you know, um, unflappable, gets the work done. As an animator, he's, he's, he's amazing. You know the bit in Kong when Kong is chewing on the on the bamboo, and and that's a bit where you really think of it and go, "Wow, it's not a three D gorilla; it's actually a real gorilla." Uh-huh. That was so. Mike animated all of that, right? <laughs> Just unbelievable. And then he was working at DreamWorks, and he basically said, "Yep, yeah, you know, James, could you come over?" And so he was already getting the department to, to move in this direction. Mm. Okay, so they was putting animation in and whatnot. And when I got to to do work on um, Madagascar three, I get there, and the directors had never worked with previs beforehand, other than layout, as it were, where it was just chess piecing. Mm-hmm. And I started acting my characters through the scene, and he was like, "What's with all this acting stuff? Let's leave that up to the animators." And, and my response to that was. I need to understand form and timing so that I've got the space so I can actually space the characters appropriately right. yep. so that when things move. And he says, oh, no, just leave that for the animators. They can do that. <laughs> I'm like, great. Okay, sure, you do that. Now, the, the director on that, yeah, he was, anyway, um, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. The, the director... So I thought, okay, I'm going to try something here. So I had a series of eight shots or nine shots that I was going to show him, like in a, in a small sequence. And so I put, I animated. So I just went ahead and did what I was going to do anyway. So I animated my shots for the first three and then left the middle two and didn't do anything on them. And then animated the, the last, last two or last three and then played it through. And the comment that he had was, yeah, I mean, this other stuff's working really well, but this middle bit, it's really dead. I'm not too sure what it is, but it's really, really dead. <laughs> and I just went, because I, I was talking to my supervisor at the time. I said, this is what I'm going to do. What do you think? He went, go ahead. And then after that, he just gave me the thumbs up and went, yeah, do what you're doing. I'm like, cool, stuff. <laughs> right? And, you know, and by the end of it, we had, you know, the, 
all the previous departments were completely changing over to this direction, mm -hmm. and that that the the previous that we that we were doing in in, in PDI, led by Kent Seki and, and Noel Meyer, was so far above what was happening down in Dreamway, down in Glendale, because they were still using the old the old methodology, uh -huh. and it really came to to bear when we had. Um, I think it was back in 2012 or 2013, a, uh, a company-wide showing of all the properties that were going to be done over the next five or six years. And you could see all the previews in different states. And you suddenly, you saw the previews that we were doing up north and it was like, <laughs> and then you saw the previews that was down south and you're like, what is that? So, <laughs> Big difference, huh? <laughs> it is a big difference. It is a big difference, yes. How has... Uh, working in previs because you've obviously worked at high levels within animation as well. How has previs helped your animation? Because I, obviously it's a bit of a different beast in regards to I'm assuming the time that you can actually work on it. I mean, you, this isn't they aren't expecting you to do feature quality, you know, three seconds uh, a week. Um, I'm assuming you have to do much quicker. Has that helped your workflow? Understanding, hey, what this is what the director wants because we're talking again about story and understanding that. Have you felt that working in previs has helped you um, more readily or quickly understand what the director wants and how to get that something at least down on the screen quicker? I was an average animator at best before I started doing previs. Yeah, and previs is the thousand pot theory that you have to do something again and again and uh -huh. again and again and just get it out get it out get it out and you get faster and better and stronger uh -huh. with each with each iteration and the and the great thing about previous is you can't hide anymore because you never know where where the camera's going to go you never know you never know where it's going to you know where where you're going to be shooting from so you have to animate in 360 mm. so in the in the round, as it were. So you have to, all of your foot placements have to be, you, know, you have to know what you're doing. You have to understand the way that, that the body works and the and start from the hips. And, and that completely changed the way that I, that I animated. Mm. And so when I teach Creature with I Animate right now, one of the things that I start with is start with the, with the all body move or the all body null. Mm -hmm. And that's, and, and that's the thing that, that moves the, the hips and the, the shoulders and the back at the same time. And you should be able to do 80% of all of your movement with that one control. Mm. And then you break up hips and then you break up shoulders. And what I used to do was I just animate to the camera mm -hmm. and with the shoulders and the hips and do my thing. And then when I took that methodology into previs, all of a sudden you could see how terrible my posing was and how, how awkward the, the positions were of the characters and, and, and how much I'd been fudging it. Mm. And then when you learn how to do it properly so that you can film it from whatever direction, that immediately lifts the quality of your animation because you're getting it right the first time. You're no longer cheating it. You, you get it right the first time. Uh, uh. So when you go back into production as an animator, all of a sudden you're moving faster, you're moving more confidently, um, and you're hitting your marks on the first go gotcha. rather than getting on the sixth or the seventh go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to imagine this has got to be beneficial then for VR as well because you're having to hit your cameras uh, moving, you know. Uh, hmm? So I've got to imagine that same methodology 
of having not necessarily having a locked camera perspective and having to work in that. It's got to be very beneficial for VR, and that's obviously very uh, popular right now, or at least moving in that direction. So um, I can imagine it's very helpful there as well. I'm I'm a little afraid for a lot of animators who have done nothing but animate to, to cameras mm. and their transition should they ever want to go into VR for that very reason is that all of a sudden it's a completely different beast. Mm. Uh, and I, and I've, and I've caught myself out. <laughs> I remember working on the water horse where there was one of the toughest shots I've ever had to do, which is actually a very simple shot when you see it in, in film. And that's where the guy is riding on the back of the, the back of the, the, the water horse and he's, diving down so i previous this entire sequence where he he dives down he goes across through the reed bed and everything else and then ducks under this this um like a whatever it is but he ducks under this this thing and then swims up and then breaches the water and then lands and scatters all these ducks so it's fun and i get to the bottom and the thing is is that as he's swimming the the camera is sitting directly on the back of the of the water horse. So it's a POV of the little boy mm -hmm. and you're getting this really funny parallax because the creature is leveling out on the bottom and then swimming forwards and then going up. Now there's a bit where as you're moving down, you're getting this parallax that runs along the, along the, the, the side of the camera, which then gives you motion that you're moving forwards. But then as you level out, there's a, there's a bit where, it, the camera kind of stops because you are suddenly moving in time with what's happening in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's done any flying pieces or whatnot or driving, they'll see what it means. As soon as there's a point at which the camera and the object are moving at the same point and tilting at the same when everything seems to stop. And it's annoying. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, it's tough. So I cheated it, right? And... The object or the, the creature, rather than leveling out and being parallel to the ground and then and then going up, was always at a 45-degree angle to the ground and was moving, moving forward so that, you know, I never had that parallax. And I thought to myself, that's okay. Animation will fix it. <laughs> right? Okay. That's okay. Animation will fix it. Well, guess what? Those shots were given to me. And the plates <laughs> That's awesome. And the plates had been shot. And then, <laughs> and then the worst part about it is that then CFX came back to me going, the bubbles aren't moving properly. I think someone's <laughs> this up. And I was like, yeah, I think I know the person who did yeah, it. And if we ever uh, him, I'm going to get him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, can, I can get a lynch mob together for you. Okay. Um, yeah. He's a really, really tall redhead guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that came back to bite me on the butt. But it was a really good lesson. It's a really good lesson because if you don't do it right in previs, everyone else pays the price further down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was actually a really good lesson to learn. So That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So with previs, how far animation do you typically, what would you say you get? You know, uh, for you, you feel like, hey, 30%, 40% or, you know, blocking is, is uh, sufficient enough that tells that story there. I mean that's that's a good question. Okay. I like to block everything, and I like to get it to basically just before blocking animation approval. Okay. 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 Or 
a little before that because if you've seen if you've seen any of my previs, it's I mean you know what's happening in it, right? So yep. it's it's relatively verbose, um, and the dragon when the dragons are moving, they they they're beating their wings, but they're not just beating their wings like it's attached to to a pivot on the shoulders. There's motion through the body. Um, you know, there's there's tail action at the end. The head's moving, so it's so it gives you a full idea of what actually happens to the creature. Mm-hmm. Because when you've got a character that sits on top of that creature, and it's moving through space, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera has to as well. Because imagine that that you've got someone walking on a horse or gap, galloping on a horse. The horse isn't moving straight; it's moving up and down. Mm-hmm. So the camera has to adapt to that. Right. And if yeah. you don't have that in the previs then you're setting the animator the animator up for something that that they're going to come in with their animation and then suddenly go this camera's no longer working right right so whatever you need to do to get at least an equivalent level of movement mm-hmm. in whatever it's going to be is what you need mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah absolutely previs is working all the kinks out before it moves into production or as many as you yeah. can foresee Yes, is getting as strong a base as you can yeah, because yeah. the the other thing, the, the flip side of this is because I, I mean we worked with previs from Avatar that they did at, at Lightstorm and that was just like blocking, blocking, right? And I talked with some of the animators about this who ended up coming over to to Weta to actually animate on it and they were like, man, this previs sucks. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> who did that? And they're like, yeah, I did that, right? <laughs> you're like, and, At least you're honest about it. Yeah, exactly, but. <laughs> But the funny thing about it is, is that they were just blocking stuff out, as in this is just basic timing. They uh-huh. weren't looking at it like the animators are going to get this and they're going to have to work from it. Right, right. And the thing is, is that a director will look at the previs for so long and they'll fall in love with it. And then they'll say, can you do it exactly like that? Mm-hmm. And so when they say, can you do it exactly like that? Your base had better be good because when an animator gets it and goes, can you do it like this? Then they'd better like what they, they're, they're about to do. Right. But at the same time, you don't want it to put in so much that it completely restricts and cuts the animator off. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I, I have no room to move. I can't do anything with this. Right. So it's a fine line. Mm. That's cool. What is your favorite part about the previ- about working in previs? I love previs because it's you get to be you get to be the filmmaker. Mm. You get to pitch ideas. You get to do stuff well and truly before it gets to animation um and you work on entire sequences and you're working either with the director or you're working with someone who's very high up in that chain Mm -hmm. as an animator because i love animating Mm -hmm. but we've all been there where you've got to you've got to satisfy the lead. The lead's got to satisfy the the anim soup. The anim soup's got to satisfy the the special effects supervisor. Then that special effects supervisor has to, you know, um, he's got to appease then the production supervisor. And then the production supervisor then has to appease the director. And you've got you know several layers in between the two of you, and you're just going. And then you have to change something fifteen times. And the director hasn't seen it once, mm. and you just want to shoot yourself in the face, <laughs> right? I've been there. But as a previous artist, the best part about it is just blocking and being fun and, and just and ripping this stuff through. And then you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. finger placements and making sure that you don't have, you know, 
object collisions and all sort of crap that just drives me insane. <laughs> so you get to do all the fun bits, <laughs> right? You get to do the fun bits and you get to really create. And previs is just so highly underrated and it's so much fun. Mm. And, you know, you get to animate, you get to do editing and you get to do camera work and you get to do your lighting and you get to build. And, and there, there's so many times when you can propose something and go, by the way, I built this. What do you think of that? And the director or whatever it is like, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. Mm. Um, did you see Did you see um, Madagascar 3? Oh, yeah. So there's a bit where Dubois is running through, the, through the, one of the buildings and she's just Bounding through walls like yes, bang, bang, yes, bang, yes, bang. Yes. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. Thank you. Well, that was actually my pitch. <laughs> nice. Because, I think it's hilarious, yeah. Yeah, because that bit there was, the whole thing about it was Dubois was doing all this other stuff and he was never, she was never actually leaving the, the rooftop and we got stuck on that scene for ages. And we came in and we said, why doesn't she leave the, the, the thing? And then the best part about it is the plane's flying away and she's just not letting go. It doesn't uh -huh. matter what happens. She's not letting go. And then, because and the pitch was, the thing that's scary about the Terminator isn't the fact that he has the cleanest clothes and, you know, of, of all the villains. It's the fact that he gets knocked down and gets shot. You and can't burned. stop him, yeah. He just keeps getting up and keeps going. So we pitched that idea. <laughs> and that, you know, she swings and she's like through a water, a water tanker and then through a bunch of cactus. And then there's, and she goes straight through a building and she just holds on. It's like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> And so then I previsited it, and they love it. Like, That's fantastic. <laughs> nice. At the end, love, she jumps through and still grabs and that's what you can do in previs. That's what I was going to ask you because that seems like that's the fun part too is that as you mentioned, you're working with the director. You're working within that story. And so in some ways, you're getting to kind of pitch some of these kind of stuff. That's helping the story along. Exactly. Yeah. And then and once again, it comes back to do you understand story? What's the motivation of the characters? And you really have to understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, to be absolutely honest with, with this previous class, I would like to spend three, three lessons at least on story. Mm. But we don't have that time because what we're doing is we're, we're working through a practical, a practical curriculum for this one. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, and if, and if you notice the breakdown, I've only spent two weeks, basically two weeks on camera work. That unto itself should also be three or four weeks mm -hmm. because... There's a lot involved in it. Now, who knows if this if this previous class goes well, and maybe we do a secondary one, maybe we do a more advanced one. Sure, right, right. But just letting everyone know that what we're doing is an introduction to previs on this one. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. And that's one of the things that I love about this. Uh, you know, I'm sure other areas, but I love about this industry though is this idea of always learning, you know, and adding to your repertoire, uh, making yourself, you're, you're marketable in it to a certain degree, you right. know? Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I love that we're adding workshops like this, uh, that make artists continue to grow in their crafts, other crafts, as we mentioned, this even bleeds into animation in regards to, uh, helping out with workflow. Um, but like I said, just that idea of always learning. And so, um, I'm really looking forward to this workshop here and, and this being a part of our, curriculum all right look I'm, I'm excited for it too because not only hopefully at the end of this one will you come out being a previous artist or at least being in a position where you can be added to a team and not be a complete anchor mm -hmm. but become a, a useful member to a team 
but it also gives you the ability to then move into commercials Mm -hmm. because commercials, and I've said this once and I'll say it a thousand times more, that, that commercials, when you're learning your craft, is the place to be because... And in actual fact, I think this is another reason why I, I took to previs so so well and so quickly, is because I I did two and a half years when I first started out in commercials, mm. and everything that we go through in this previs class, you do in commercials. Mm. You know, you have to rig your own stuff, you have to build your own stuff, you have to light it, you have to, you know, you have to animate it, you have to texture it, and so you have to understand what what everything does, mm-hmm. and. In commercials, gives you a really, really strong generalist idea of of production. Right, right. And and then going into film and being a previs artist, all of a sudden, all these skills that you've learned in commercials, you can then apply into previs. Right. And vice versa. And the other thing is too, you know, I start looking at kind of how the with the introduction of things like Netflix and Amazon, you know, these other platforms where. It's it's opening for smaller studios to be able to to bring these kind of content to this area. They're going to be smaller studios um, where you might have to be, and I should say have to be, but where you get to be more of a generalist. And these other aspects are going to come into play here very heavily because you aren't gonna you aren't gonna always have the uh, DreamWorks or Pixar or Disney where you are the specialist at 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 those studios. Exactly. So yeah, I can see yeah. where this again would be beneficial for as our industry um, new doors open up for like we talked about with VR and and um, these other avenues for smaller studios to be able to produce content. So I think that's great. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And 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 the and the thing about it is, I, I would highly recommend that animators or or modelers or whomever you may be to actually take a take a course like this because you start understanding. This is where you fit in with with the rest of the pipeline, right. with the rest of the departments, and then not only that, but you you're adding a couple of more strings to your bow. Yeah, and and it makes you that much more marketable because you know I've I've been doing this for 16 years, and the only times that I've been out of work have been the ones where I've chosen not to work mm-hmm. because there's always there's always positions for pre-production. There's always Positions for post-production. There's always positions for, um, uh, you know, for, for animation and in production. So I, I can do a number of different things at at a very high level mm-hmm. that make me very marketable. Right, right, yeah. And and that always puts you in a much better position when, you know, you're working with the, working with with companies and all of a sudden they need you to do something. Sure, I can do that. Right, right, yeah. Always learning. I love it. Love it. Um, we're starting this class here uh, on our next term, which starts. Let me pull which it is up. When? April fourth, our spring block. So definitely check out the page ianimate.net, and uh, we'll have some info on there. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, James, and, and seeing what you bring. Obviously, you've worked at such a high level within regards to DreamWorks and Weta. It's always nice getting you guys in to teach this kind of stuff. We're looking forward to it, bud. Thank you, thank you very much. And if you guys want to go check out check out some of the stuff have a look at it at uh zerpley.com slash james bennett you can see my portfolio there and you can see all of my work the previous plus animation yeah you know at the very beginning of this i animate it's a great platform all the people on board are very very experienced and so we love doing this and we love having people who actually want to be here 
So I'm really looking forward to this because this is this is really my passion. So I'm excited. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, James, for your time, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. You have a good one. Cheers, Larry.